welcome to today's edition of Collisions YYC. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Today on the show, I sit down with Mr. Evan Hugh. Evan's a founding partner and G7 associate of Creative Destruction Labs. He's a philosopher, he's a futurist, he's a technologist, and he's incredibly pragmatic. Join me in welcoming Evan Hugh as he shares some light on the Calgary transformation that's ahead of us. I'm excited this morning. I'm here with Mr. Evan Hugh. Good morning, Evan. Yeah, good morning. How are you this morning? Ah, uh, fine day. We actually got sunny weather here. Right? I know, for so. now, absolutely. We'll, <laughs> for we'll, next we'll hour. take it. It's a roller coaster <laughs> of summer. Um, thank you for joining me on the show today. We've had a little bit of a preamble here of you and I getting into it, but uh, let's let's include the guests in the, the um, I should say, the uh, the audience in our in our chat. But let's start and set the stage. For anyone who doesn't know you, you want to give me a, just a quick little background and, and your connection to Calgary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I've uh, lived here on and off over the last 25 years, so I... Uh, I came to Calgary first, uh, right at the end of the 88 Olympics. I missed the 88 Olympics, came okay. here for my first job, and of course it was an oil and gas. So I was over at Imperial Oil, and uh, I started my first uh, startup here uh, in the early 90s, Logic, which myself and my other found co-founders, we grew to a, a large you know, organization, 600 people across Canada. Oh, right on, from, uh, from, from scratch. Back from scratch in the, here, yeah, bootstrapped it up. Nice. Um, and uh, from Calgary, um, offices all across Canada, and we were acquired by PricewaterhouseCoopers. Became a partner there, did a lot of global work, got to see a bit of the world. Um, tired of that a bit. Uh, it's a, just a different lifestyle. Got the itch. Um, set up a music label called Maple Music in, in Toronto. That's an interesting uh, shift. <laughs> that, yeah, totally. Like out of people, when people tell me, you know, well, how did that happen? It's, it's a long story. <laughs> uh, it was a digital music label, essentially, back in the early 2000 when people didn't really think that was a thing. Um, and it took its own circuitous voyage out there. It's I still have some shares in it, but I'm not active. Um, and it's a tough, tough tough industry tough so. business. Yes, I have some yeah. friends in the music industry, and it has yeah. ch- changed, not in an easier way for people. Yes, it, it is. It's, it's maybe it's a good segue into the you know, conversation around disruption and change, but it's a yes. classic industry of in that level of turmoil for more than two decades now. Um, and I built another company, Ideica, uh, co-founded here in Calgary and Toronto. And it was acquired by uh, Hitachi uh, okay. five years ago. And, and that was still oil and gas related or that was no, more it was technology? More tech, it was all tech. I'm all in tech. First company was tech oriented. Okay. Maple Music was tech oriented. Uh, Ideaco was uh, um, professional services in technology and uh, software development. Okay. Um, so again, so very firmly rooted in the tech space for yeah, everything that you've been yeah, involved. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Mainly supply chain, back office, uh, CRM. So things that the average person doesn't see, but okay. very intertwined with uh, with uh, corporate uh, life and corporate business, right? So, which led me to you know I had moved off to Montreal for a while in Vancouver to get my businesses going. Uh, it done work with like many Fortune 500s, so uh, across Canada, Bombardier, Suncor, Hydro Quebec, Hydro Ontario, Toyota Canada. It's like the who's who. I, I had a very good inside view. Uh, when you do their work on supply chain and financial systems, you get well, you're, you're, you got you literally are peeling back the layers. <laughs> yes, I, I understand how the internal systems all work. These organizations, and I see the similarities and their differences. And I, I had I had the privilege actually as an outsider, to see their corporate culture in action too, right? How these companies thought and what they did because we built the systems that implemented their strategies, basically. So, uh, but five years ago, I, uh, well, probably actually now 10 years ago, I I was starting to think about, I knew I was probably going to exit Ideaca. And um, we were venture capital funded and my own founder money with my other business partner, Mike Calcare. And um, we knew there had to be an exit of some sort or a transaction so that our investors could get out uh, and when it came, I, I decided I didn't really want to do another 
thing and I wanted to be more involved. And I was very involved in the startup community uh, through Startup Calgary activities there okay. and then with Innovate Calgary and now it's Platform Calgary. So I was on the board of directors. I was a volunteer to hackathons and, and startup weekends. Nice. So you took some of that, you know, redirected your energies into, yeah. into helping other things get going. Yeah, and, and several of us were part of the formation. I was an original founder, but I was a close follower of the A100 as mm-hmm. a group of tech founders that wanted to give back. So we mentored and coached. So I, I did an executive coaching uh, program at uh, Royal Roads to get myself more prepared. And I and I do still executive coach, uh, mainly pro bono nowadays, actually, uh, startup founders. Um, so I segued... In, in Calgary or across in, Canada or North in America? In Calgary, across Canada, mainly. Uh, okay. I, I had a few in the Valley and I just said, I'm not going to do that anymore. Just, okay. I don't want to travel. And uh, So I've actually focused in Calgary and Toronto now. Okay, so you're spending the majority of your time in Calgary? Yeah, majority, I would say 80%, but um, okay. you know, I've got uh, activities in Toronto, uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, uh, a little bit in Vancouver as well. I've got now a portfolio of over 20 uh, startups I've directly invested in. I'm a general partner in a, um, we call it venture philanthropy fund. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm part of Creative Destruction Lab, so I'm one of the original um, uh, founders of the G7 founders of the Creative Destruction Lab, Rockies group here at, attached to the Haskane School of Business. Okay, so you were part of the group that actually had it. So it's in this part of the country. In this part of the country. And and as part of that, I and several others, Chen Fong, uh, Matt Mastracci, decided we should put together a investment club, air quotes. Okay. Because <laughs> um, uh, there's a financial technical ramifications of calling anything else. Um, to uh, put some money together uh, to invest in the CDL startups. And, and, and as Chen Fong put it, he says, it's venture philanthropy. So if you're investing in this fund so you can make a big return, don't join our fund. Okay, okay. That, that's not what it's about. Not what it's about. It's about giving back to these founders and lowering the bar on their investment uh, threshold, right? Because it's, it's tough to raise your first money. Well, you're reducing that barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah to exactly. Maybe, to maybe let a good idea get off the ground. Yes, exactly. And, and I said, you know, if we, we, we put our money in and in 10 years, nothing comes of it. It burns to the ground. Accept that. And don't come after the general partners uh, because we didn't do a good job. So I'm the general partner. Full transparency, this is what you're getting into. Exactly. I'm a general partner. I'm not being paid. I'm a total volunteer. Okay. Uh, We got uh, um, uh, uh, a legal and and an accounting uh, pro bono support from Pricewaterhouse. um, um, She tapped into your network. BLG. Okay. So supportive. We tapped into the network, and these are all good Calgarians. Um, And uh, we got 25 members now. And who've signed on, and we have 2.5 million dollars uh, in this first go around to invest in CDL startups across uh, across the CDL network, not just Calgary. Right, because I understand I have a few friends that have been uh, Doug, Doug Gray is a friend of mine, and he just ah. did an exit and got involved in CDLs. Yeah. So he's yeah. been giving me a little bit of. Yeah. So he said it's been really interesting, and then again, a lot of these groups are not from Western Canada. They're come they come into to, yes. to this yeah. environment, which I didn't understand that initially. Yeah. I mean, the majority of the companies are from Alberta. Okay, um, and. I, I would say, I'm not sure, uh, a significant number. Okay, of so the high percentage. High percentage, okay. like probably 70, 80. Don't quote me. Yep, uh, okay. And, and we're trying to diversify. And, and this year we took in 40, uh, 50 companies, sorry, into two cohorts. Uh, next year we'll do another 50 companies that come into ours. And overall, I believe CDL is at, is at, um, is at Rotman. It started at Rotman in Toronto. Okay. Uh, it's at Sauter uh, in, in UBC. It's at HEC in Montreal. It's at Dalhousie. Uh, on the on the on the uh, on the east coast, uh, it's at it's in New York City now, and there's an Oxford one in England. Okay, oh interesting. Year. So it's quite so it's true global global true perspective. Global. So we're looking at all 
investments across all CDL companies, right? Um, and so we've and your group specific and and the, the Rocky um, kind of division or department takes in fifty. You look at like 50? yeah, we look at fifty, and, and then each 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 division, each branch would look yeah. at fifty. Is it branch? Is that the right? Uh, way to you say know it? what? It's good. It's I don't good know. Is, yeah. I should know this better too, but I'm not in marketing. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I'll call it chapters, right? Okay, yeah. All right, um, that's a good one. And and uh, they each uh, like the Toronto one's huge. I mean, they've been around the longest. I think you know they're going to six seven years now. They founded it. And I believe they're either at six or seven now, uh, uh, groups of 25. So that's 150, 175, which is every year going through this program. Which is fantastic because right. to a certain degree, it is a numbers game. It totally is. I mean, and many of us believe that startup investing and, and uh, uh, sort of the growth economy is a numbers game. And it's about having a large funnel. You know, it's like sea turtles making for the ocean. Right? Yes. A bunch hatch, a bunch of them you know, don't hatch or to get eaten in their eggs, right? And then a bunch crawl across the sand and get into the ocean. If you can make it to the ocean, right, which is kind of like your Series A <laughs> funding. That's a good metaphor. Uh, yeah, you, you're out in the ocean now, right? And you're doing your thing and uh, you're in your sort of growth stage and you maybe you get a Series B or you get some tight funding. But there's still lots of threats swimming around. <laughs> oh, absolutely, right? And yeah. lots of threats. That's a good it, image. I can picture that. Right, mm -hmm. but and, and we want sea turtles to come back to our beach to lay eggs again. And that's sort of like the, the unicorns and, and the, the anchor companies. And, and, and we've come so close in Calgary to having these, but most of us, myself included, our companies got acquired by multinationals right. and um, our companies faded away over time and the multinationals moved the operations away or changed things or whatever. And we never had that anchor company that could uh, you know, spring off the next little eggs, right? Because right. that's what usually happens. You look at the other economic jurisdictions and there are anchor companies so, you know, employees from an Amazon leave or Microsoft into Seattle. They join startups, but they have this whole ecosystem and community of other people. Right. Which had a conversation with uh, Ray DePaul. We talked a lot about ah, wa Ray, wa yes. Waterloo and yeah. kind of what happened there and Rim being that anchor and how it just keep constantly, sp you know, spawning yeah. this mindset as well as this culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of Ray's programming. I, I taught six years over at MRU and Excellent. entrepreneurship program and, and Ray's dead on about that. Ray witnessed that firsthand. I'm, I'm witnessing as well. I have two of my sons that go to Waterloo. Okay. Uh, my uh, business partner, who's been my partner in, uh, in business for the last 25 years, Mike Alkir, he, uh, he was a graduate of Laurier. He's involved in their community. He used to poke me hard, right, you know, about uh, the activities going on there and, and uh, you know, um, Calgary as being the, uh, the one-horse town. Right. Uh, you know, when we were going to, uh, you know, diversify, right? And, and as you know, I think many, to many people, the word diversification is a dirty word. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an interesting one to segue yeah. in. Like, yeah. there's part of the, the, the impetus for this podcast was, you know, Kevin and I talked about uh, Kevin Crow, who was really the, the, the driving force behind getting this going. He's like, there's this big buzz around transformation, but what does it mean? Yeah. What does it stand for? Yeah. What, like, what's, what's good transformation? What's bad? So your perspective, I guess, diversification, transformation, what are those words? Like, give me your perspective on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, an, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a classic Canadian. I'm a middle of the road, right? I definitely govern from the middle, right? <laughs> okay. I, uh, I don't truck with the far right at all. Uh, and, and, and I'm not a libertarian. Like, like you go to the Valley, there's a lot of libertarian thinking and stuff like that. I, I think there's a much more nuanced view of these things, right? Government has a role. Higher institutes of higher education have their roles. City, civic uh, governments have their role. Uh, the individual entrepreneurs in their communities have a role in all of this, right? Uh, it's not a simple, uh, oh, clear the 
get rid of regulation and money off, and lower your taxes, money right. flow. And that seems to be incredibly naive. I think it's very, it can be very easy and very indulgent to jump on the single perspective. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I, I'm not it's saying, very, it's very alluring sometimes. It is. It is. Like I had this conversation recently and I said, look, um, I'm a business guy. So my bona fides is I raised money, I built businesses, hired people, made revenue, made, made uh, capital gains for my shareholders, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm not, you know, like the, the guys on the right go at me, well, I'm not a left-wing wing nut, as some people might say, you know, right. I'm not a, the, the, the boogeyman socialist or something like that. But <laughs> there's, there, is, there is social responsibility that we all have, right? Because I want to live in a great community. And I pointed it out to several of my libertarian, uh, I would say, high, super high net worth individuals. You know, we are very fortunate. You live in a bubble. I don't think you recognize the beauty of our our community here. Is like, you know, we talked earlier about you were in Croatia, right? I mm-hmm. have Serbian friends. I, I have an investment in a Serbian tech firm, right? So I've been to uh, Novi Sad in Belgrade several twice now uh, to work with those guys. It's been a period of time, and you know, I hear the stories, right? And yes. And I understand more of the history there. And, and you know, I've worked uh, uh, with companies from Latin America and Asia. And I said, look, you're a high net worth individual, right? Super high net worth individual. Your kids go to school. Some of them go to public school. Some go to private schools. They walk to school. They walk to the school bus. You drive them. Do they have bodyguards? Do you worry about them being kidnapped? Do you... Can you walk out your back door and uh, hop on a bike or take your car down to a cafe on 17th Ave or Kensington or Eau Claire and sit on the patio and have a coffee and not be recognized and not worry and walk freely without fear of being robbed or kidnapped or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to see extreme poverty. Yes, we have issues with poverty and homelessness, substance abuse and all those things. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, we have a incredibly free open society. And I don't think you put any value on that because do you want to go, have you witnessed what's it like in another country? You live in a gated community. You have bodyguards. Mm-hmm. Your kids are picked up by chauffeurs. They're put into your private school. There's gates around this thing and you're escorted everywhere in your life. And so you live this gilded existence and you think, and I, I, I it's just you know my opinion, you think you're free, but you know what? You're actually not that free. So, and you can't buy that freedom. Right, because that freedom mm-hmm. comes with the community, right? It does. It's the environment that allows that, that facilitates that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and 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 you have to contribute, right? Uh, it's it's like it's like it's like an offshoot of the uh, the tragedy of the commons, right? We have to, you know, the tragedy of commons talks about, you know, we have this, you know, let's say a common field that we all bring our our cattle to feed in, right? Mm-hmm. And we set up rules to make sure that you know we each individually you know, uh, take the, the, the right portion out of the, out of the, out of the pasture. So we don't destroy the pasture. But of course, human nature as it is, is like, eh, maybe I'll sneak a little bit more for my cows. No one will notice. Well, if we all do it, if everybody does it, and which, which this is why we have regulation. And this is why we have, you know, community standards and all that. But you can also look in reverse. If we all gave a little bit more, how much better would our community be? Right? So you look at community gardens where people volunteer and, you know, you put up a little bit better fence to keep the squirrels out, you know, this kind of thing, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> keep right? The ra- keep the rabbits out. Yeah, exactly. We, we all do that. Our yields get a bit better, right? So I think... Which, Cal- ele- which to your point, elevates the whole. Elevates the whole, right? And right. I think we need to think more that way. Um, and I think it's disingenuous to talk about, oh, I bootstrapped myself and I did this all on my own. And, and you know, I, I, I come from a perspective as, yeah, I, I didn't grow up with privilege, right? I mean, we were an immigrant family. My, my father... Uh, came over to Canada essentially as a political refugee. He would never call himself that. He didn't right. self-identify that. He just 
you know, Chinese Civil War, well, Japanese occupation. He was just the guy making his way, just doing what he had to do. He had to do to get out, right? And and he uh, came over as a student, though, right? Borrowed a lot of money to come over to go to U of T. Uh, Went to law school there and uh, had his own trials and tribulations, a sort of discrimination in the 50s as Mm an Asian man in in a white man's society. You know, I mean, it never got him down. He just accepted it. I mean, he'd seen much worse in the world, said, it's not fair, but so what? Um, yeah, it, it could be worse. It could be worse, right? It I mean, worse. it's not a great way, you know, you think about it. It's just still not right, but however he had, had that perspective. But I think it's good to talk about that to really give context to the privilege and the, and how easy it is. Or, you know, look at Calgary, the amount of opportunity that's here versus the challenges that people have had at different times. Yeah, mm. yeah. so it's just perspective. And we do take it for granted because you can't help it. You can't, you can't help, help it. You are, you are a product of your environment and Absolutely. we've had a great here in perspective, right? I mean, and I, and I, I, I you know, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not sympathetic to people who've uh, had long established careers and, and watching this level of turmoil and disruption in our, in our economy. Right. Yes. Um, I mean, this has been a boom bust economy, right. For years. And I've been, you know, up and down here too, with the rest of the economy. Um, I don't know how many boom busts we've had five, maybe in the last uh, 30 years. Uh, and of course we've recognized this last one is different. Right. Yes. It's there's a boom different. bust and then there's change. Yes. I feel we're dealing with change we're, right now. We absolutely are. And, and and it's not just Calgary. And that's the thing we need to be um, less egocentric about this. Uh, yes, because we are, are, are tied to the energy sector and, 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 and the energy sector has been the engine that's driven this economy for decades, right? And the energy sector is is in change right now. Absolutely, right? Globally, not just in Calgary. Exactly, yes. right? And... Um, there's certain things that are outside of our control. We we don't uh, we don't control the economic levers outside of our country, right? Um, and uh, you know, there's lots of talk, and you know, in a Peter Zakian, um, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a friend and a noted you know economist, and I really respect him. He has a very uh, nuanced view, um, and 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 he and he says, look, uh, I think energy transition is probably too strong of a word. I don't quote me on this, but, but he talks about we definitely are in energy diversification. And what he's meaning by that is we're not going to go away from fossil fuels 100%, right, in an in immediate 30, 50 years. The, 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 when you look at the trend of our requirements versus our supply, it's just not realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. Obviously, we have But all problems. energy needs to be at the table. <laughs> exactly. It's about and, a broader and conversation. it is shifting, though, he, and he talks about mm. it's energy diversification, okay. right? So, of course, renewables are moving up. Electrification of our economy is coming, so we're moving away from a petroleum-powered economy to uh, we're not moving away, but we're diversifying away from exclusively, essentially, a fossil fuel. So whether it's coal-generated electricity or you know we used to have steam engines, yes, coal. Uh, now we have you know essentially a petroleum product fuel, kerosene, diesel fuel, gasoline-powered aircraft and, and trucks and ships and trains and all that to electrically driven. And I, as an, I'm a mechanical engineer, actually, by training, so this takes me back to my roots, right? Uh, I look at the, uh, you know, the, uh, the efficiencies of, 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 of modern uh, electrically powered, uh, modern electrical powered economy, and it's, it's leveraged through the digital explosion we have. Electricity is the way to go, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can see the end of uh, internal combustion engines. So, uh, it's coming, right? I mean, uh, we won't be driving uh, new uh, non-electric, uh, it'll be all electric cars in 20 years, right? There's no doubt. 20 years? 20 years max. There's I have so many different stories around timelines, so yeah, 20 my, years. My view is 20 years maximum, right? Okay. But I, I think the tipping point, and you know how tipping points kind of work, they just sneak up on you. One yes. day, it's like, it's like, 
video rental stores, Rogers and Blockbusters, one day they were here, one day they're gone, right? Where did they go? <laughs> it's right? slowly and then all of a sudden. Yes. All of a sudden, exactly, right? It's like yellow pages. <laughs> I remember having a conversation. When was the last time you cracked a phone book open? I don't remember. But yet, how many years did they keep sending them to you? Yeah, exactly. And, and how many years did they end up right in the recycling bin? Yeah. So <laughs> there was a few years and then it eventually stopped. <laughs> it eventually stopped, but there was that, it, the tipping point was actually fairly swift that we yes. just stopped using them. It's like the same use of your smartphone. It was a good example of an industry that didn't want to admit that we were stopping using them, so they kept sending them. But then yeah. from a consumer perspective, people would make jokes yeah. around the office the day that the Yellow Pages or whatever phone yeah. book showed up on the front steps. Yeah, yeah. so so you, you see these things and energy and transportation and things will, you know, they'll, they'll, they're no different. They're not immune to these, these effects, right? Right. So, so you know, uh, when the internal combustion engine uh, passes away and, and passes the torch over to uh, electric cars as, as the mode... You know what? I yeah. I mean, I'm. Uh, I've listened to many of these economists debate back and forth and and, and whatnot. And, and there's the bulls and the bears and the pessimists mm-hmm. and the optimists and all this kind of stuff. It's somewhere in there, really. And it really doesn't matter the specific date. Not to us as the average uh, average individual. It's that we're heading in this direction. We're heading in that direction, and it's inevitable. I think it's to understand we need to get our head wrapped around. It's inevitable. It's not. If, it's when. Right? <laughs> that's a nice way. It's not if, it's when. It's like, yeah. oh, it's not going to happen. It will happen. We just don't know when. So, so when it comes back to Calgary, exactly. what does that look like to us? What's that? What's like, what, what are we doing well or what are we doing not well to prepare for these transitions that, to your point, are inevitable? Right. So our, I think our, our mental and political energy and then our, our actually you know, business energy needs to be uh, focused on the future, right? And yes, there are things that need to get done in order to uh, move us through this you know, phase, uh, we have amazing, um, an amazing pool of resources. Uh, we have things that other cities just envy, right? Um, and you look at other jurisdictions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we essentially are a young city, right? Uh, we have relatively young infrastructure. Uh, we are blessed with, uh, natural resources all around us, not just, uh, oil and gas or coal or whatever. You know, we have a, we have a, we have an egg sector here, uh, we have a decent mixed economy, you know, mm-hmm. companies like WestJet and CP Rail and, uh, you know, others here, right? So uh, Nutrien and other companies are here, right, uh, doing their thing. Um, and we uh, we have, back to this whole community thing, uh, we have great, you know, generally speaking, great public facilities. We have solid, good universities and post-secondary institutes, State and ACAD and Royal and Bow Valley and UFC. I'm probably going to miss somebody that mm-hmm. upset at me. Um, <laughs> you know, we have, I would argue, great public schools. My kids went through the public schools here, right? Um, and uh, we don't have the level of social ills that most other jurisdictions have. Right. right? Not to say we don't have social problems but there's always challenges in any type of environment but environment. the quality of living and the, qual- the quality of everything we have access to is very high yeah and it's, I would agree with you yeah, 100%. And, and, and others outside of us you know have said you know best city or in the top 10 in the world to live in for and I, I would argue for sure the best because one of the things is we're not a monoculture when you look at the other cities compete against us you know whether it's uh, whether it's uh, you know uh, um, Stockholm or Vienna Ah, interesting. That's good. That's interesting. We're, 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 look at. we're an immigrant culture, really. Yes. At the end of the day, at our roots, we are. At the 100%. roots, we are. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, and and the ethnic national society. I'll just brush those Nimwitz aside. Right. Uh, they love to rewrite history. I mean, um, I mean, this is a very, very uh, a long winding story of all the various groups of the first, from the First Nations to the, the first settlers absolutely. that came out here, and, and on on the, the Métis Nation. 
right? Um, I mean, it gets complicated in ways of other immigration, right? The Ukrainians and the Russians and the Jews and the Chinese. Which is all part of the formula. Yeah. It, Those it, are all the ingredients that went, went in to bake the cake. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is exactly it. And, and, the, and the thing that's interesting for us, and, and I was just, you know, I was just recently in Switzerland visiting some friends over there and doing a little visitation with uh, the um, their innovation community over there too. It was uh, more of my own fact-finding mission since I was over there. Um but the one thing that Swiss talk about is that you know, there are, we're Swiss, and you'll never be Swiss, right? Mm. And there's a mentality, and you meet that with others, right? And the Swiss often they don't even like themselves because of that, right? And That's cause interesting because you're, you're from this canton, and you're never going to be so. You know, when two Swiss marry from two different cantons, well, you're from Zurich, and you're from uh, you're from uh, Beale. And well, I don't know. This is very it's fundamentally into itself is limiting. It, it totally is. And they yeah. see that limit. And if they the ones that have moved away. They even away, recognize it. They recognize it. And the ones that have moved away go, man, it's, I find it hard to go back. I find it hard to go back. And Because once you've seen the other side. Right, yeah. right. So we, we take it for granted. That, once you take the blue pill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there's, there's yeah. that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I can't I can see this now. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, you come back here and you realize, oh, we don't have that, right? Well, I mean, we have issues again, like again, eth- ethnic nationalism and, the, and, the, and our far right. There's always going to be pockets of that kind of extreme thinking. And yeah. I, we talked earlier, like, I grew up in Quebec. You spent yeah. some time in Quebec. And yeah. growing up in a... English versus French and yeah. kind of that environment and living through referendums and things like that. And I moved out. I always said to people, I said, it was so wonderful when I first moved to Alberta. In Quebec, politics was the first topic of almost every conversation <laughs> yeah. at the dinner table, at the bar, out for wine. Here, 40-year conservative, no one talked about anything. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that was so good either, but I think yeah. now we've got a bit more of a dialogue, but it was such an extreme, it was polarizingly different. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I was astounded because uh, uh, I love mixing it up and discussing uh, geopolitics and stuff like that and I'm not in the line I'm not a lined issue like I said earlier I'm definitely ruling from the middle I, I I'm one of those probably now unfortunately rare individuals which actually looks at policy right and tries to dig under the covers right I uh, I recognize that human beings unfortunately we we think we're logic driven right but we're really <laughs> it's the biggest illusion it's, the it's biggest a huge illusion it is, right? absolutely and you know getting back to Calgary we have a bit of that going on today too right um I mean the 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 uh Evidence is in front of us of, of the things that we probably should consider what to do, but our emotion is, you know, many of us are, we have a, a, the sunk, sunk capital fallacy issue. Right. You know, our careers, our lives, our homes, our business connections are all built on an old I like the sunk capital concept. Like, well, yeah. I'm in, I've been in for so long, I don't have an option. It's like, uh, I, I, I got to recoup this or I got to just, I got to stay at the at the table till four in the morning in Vegas because it's going to pay out eventually. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you got to walk, walk away or maybe move to a different table. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And it is troubling because if you're in your 40s and 50s and you've invested in this, yes. I, I understand. I'm sympathetic. Because there was no reason not to go all in, I say, quote unquote. Well, you know, if you look at the track record, even the booms and bust cycles were short, and we came out of them. Yeah, yeah. Versus a change cycle, which is I think what we're in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know, it's mm. that classic thing. I uh, when your taxi driver tells you invest in real estate, it's time to get out of real estate, right? Yes. And when <laughs> yes. We, we when we got this idea that you know, uh, you know it was a hundred dollar barrel, it was going to be something forever, and the world's always going to need oil. I remember scratching my head as a technology guy, and you know, we're comfortable with concepts like Moore's law. And the constant yes. innovation and constant advancement, and the idea of, of, of you know uh, within eighteen months to two years the, the the price of something falls in half, you know we expect that, and I went, why wouldn't you interpolate from that saying that's going to have global ramifications on all of us, and which is starting to play out now, and right. it doesn't happen as fast as the optimists do. Obviously, there's 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 a lot of transitionary challenges and and, and uh, infrastructural 
challenges and, and, and cultural resistance, but change is inevitable. And I don't, it's one of those things we, again, we should know that change is, you know, the common factor in all of this, right? And people want to deny that. People love nostalgia. We want to resist, yes. We yeah, and, and and I always find it amazing. We're say, I'm open for change as long as these fundamentals stay the same. <laughs> yeah, and, and and human beings are very good at uh, looking. Uh, we're comfortable walking in the future facing backwards for some weird reason. Right? Walking to the future facing backwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's what we do. That's what we're doing right now in Calgary, all right? Uh, we really turn our head around and see what's going on over the horizon and some of it might be frightening some of it is frightening right well it's it's yes it's the unknown and and we're in a pool of global unknowns too every other region and jurisdiction in the world is grappling with this it's just that we are very well equipped and we don't seem to realize we're well equipped right how do you mean expand on well equipped okay so back to you know we have uh, we're a wealthy economy by any standard right? right we have geopolitical stability what we talked about right yep. we have rule of law Right, we have a multicultural, open society for the most part. Right, uh, you know, you and I. Um, well, okay, we're males, of course, and we get the female. But, <laughs> uh, you know, so so. However, you know, we can go pretty well anywhere we want in this country. No one's going to stop you. So you had a transit visa, no, right? You know, absolutely, um, yes. Compared to traveling in almost any other part of, the, especially overseas, right, right. Yeah. Um, and yes, you know, there's some institutional racism. We have problems. it good. We have, we have it, good. it generally very good here, right? Um, you know, our tax regimes, I know everyone's talking about our taxes are too high. Everyone says taxes are too high. In the grand scheme of things, it's not bad, okay? You know, as a business Again, guy, compared to the way it was, it's not good, but compared to other perspectives, and I think to your point, keep your head up and look around. Right, and, and you know what? Lowest taxes back to, it's not a panacea, right? I right. mean, if, if lower taxes would be the way to go, I mean, you'd be going to places like, you know, why isn't Mississippi a powerhouse economically? Okay? I'm going to just lay that out there for you, right? Right. You know, um... And, 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 and other countries that do really well are high-tax jurisdictions like the Netherlands or Sweden, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not that simple. Back to your point, it's, it's never the one thing. There's, it's, it's never, never one, one thing, answer. right? Yeah. So, so back to our advantages. But it's easy to jump on those bandwagons because yeah. they're appealing. Appealing, exactly. We, 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 we romanticize them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It, well, it makes it easy to say, and also take the responsibility away from myself as, as part of this community, say, well, I can't do anything because taxes are too high. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a refuge of a scoundrel, right? Like when you hear about people go, you know, when people said that, you know, my uh, uh, business failed because, you know, uh, I understand, you know, uh, the sensitivities when you have uh, tax shocks, right? But, you know, a tax shock killing your business, come on, right? I mean, there's a lot of inputs to your business, right? Right. And when you actually grind the numbers out, and I'm a numbers guy like everyone else, I would look at your business, I went, you know what? That tax increase affected, uh, you know, uh, one, let's say, you know, 0.7% of your gross revenue situation. That shouldn't have been the straw that broke the camel. Broke your camel's back. And I get that analogy. Maybe it was a straw that broke the camel. There were a lot of other straws there. The the camel was weakened prior to it. Prior to it, for whatever reason. That's a fair point. That's a fair observation. Yeah, I get it. It's never the one thing. Yeah, and I I realize when you have already oppressive tax regimes, it stops economic development. In the grand scheme of things, ours isn't bad. It's actually reasonable, right? But there's huge improvements that we can. And there is a bit of a race with other jurisdictions to lower taxes or have more more efficient regimes and more, incent- more incentives, right? And so, however, um, again, because we have great infrastructure, right? And think about the advantages that we have with public health. I know this is a very controversial thing, right? And, and everyone's, our public health will always be better and blah, 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 blah. 
and our system could be more efficient, but again, in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty good. Right. And, and as a Canadian, we don't think about moving to a different jurisdiction and a new job and thinking about well, how, how are our health benefits. You and I don't worry, and our families don't worry if we get hit by a car. As, if my sons, I have older sons or adult sons, you know, and in school and stuff, and they get hit by a car, and uh, one's in, you know, two of them are in Kitchener Waterloo, get hit by a car. I'm not worried that they're not going to get health care. Right. And then it's not gonna, and it's not going to be at a certain standard. Exactly. Right. And and uh, um, that has you know interesting effects on social mobility and growth and, and attracting people. We don't take advantage. Well, arguably, of how much more bandwidth do we have when we don't have to worry about that? that right. It's all yes. these cumulative things. So yep. we have these things. We don't have, I think, the mindset to move that way. Right. Um, you know, we uh, we have lots of well-educated, highly skilled professionals, but they, their, their skills and, and their minds have been honed to one, 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 many of them are in one industry. Mm-hmm. Although the industry has, that's been affected the most, right? It's oil and gas, both on, yes. the, uh, on, on the production side and the service side, right? So it's hard to fill a loss of whatever, 50, 60,000 jobs. Um, it's hard also, but, but maybe more importantly, it, it's hard to get over the psychological impact that they, it was a dynamic growth industry that is probably capped now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, let's be respectful. There's a group of individuals that bought into that story. Like I yeah. committed, I went all in, I yeah. did my education, I dedicated myself, and now all of a sudden, like there is a certain degree of like I had the rug. I resent the fact that that, that yeah. I had this taken away. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, I, and that's I, a real thing. Like it's, a, it's very real. And but I, we all have to move on. Well, you know <laughs> what? That, that is the reality. Um, and you know, it's, it's one man's curse is another one's blessing. Um, I switched out oil and gas early and went into software. Right? I, I really find software appealing. Um, it was funny because I actually, you know, started into a downturn and, and remember my first job, I was a contractor and lost my contract and because our, our program didn't get off the ground. It's like, okay, I see how this industry works. It's boom bust, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not so sure if I want to be in this thing. And I, I, you know, the work really wasn't my thing, right? And so software was, but then I discovered software has its own little treadmill of craziness, right? Every industry looks, yeah, until you peer over the fence and, and step <laughs> over there. Step yeah, over absolutely. there. It's so challenges, right? Yeah. So, of course, Moore's Law is the challenge, right? It's constantly changing. Yes. There is no constant except for change, right? So technologies change, right? So you talk to people and, and what you learned five years ago is not relevant anymore. So you're constantly reinventing yourself for the most part in technology. Well, when I talked with, with Ray, that's what he said. He goes, that he's, he advises all the students he talks with that you're going to change your career anywhere from six to seven times. Yeah. And your number one skill is going to be resourcefulness and adaptability. Yeah. I'm like, that is about as most solid advice that I did not get from my guy, school guidance counselor well, you know, and, and that's at it. the time. Pick, pick a career because that's, that's going to be the thing. We grew up in that thing. We right? did. We did. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. You and I are not that old. <laughs> yeah, well, well I, maybe I'm older. Now, I'm older. I'm much older. I, you know, I, 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 I've been lucky on the aging front, I think. But, <laughs> so, but Ray's absolutely right. And, and we grew up with that mindset. And I remember my parents, my, 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 my mom was shocked when I quit Imperial Oil a good career as a young engineer there and and, and you were kind of breaking the rules at that point oh absolutely right like a blue ch- possibly blue chip career in a great company right and uh you know solid da, 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 da. and i'm gonna do a startup are you insane you you lost your job right let's you're not telling me you lost your job right you're fired, <laughs> right it was literally that conversation with my mother right it's like um and uh when when I went over and went into the software, was the grass was greener, but then this treadmill of constant change and learning and readapting and became part of my DNA, though. Right? right. And I would say Ray's advice is perfect, dead on. It is literally a growth mindset, right? 
and because the, the world, ha- we had the illusion that the 1950s, 60s, of 70s of a stable world. And, you know, if you look at world yes. history, it's never been stable at any no. point. So actually right now, even, I mean, we have the amplification of fear through social media now. It's ridiculous, right? We do, because the amplification of the voice. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Everything about our society, we're better than we were 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, at every measure. It, 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 there's no way to look around it, right? Um, and But we think it's much worse, right? Um, so we well, your reality to, becomes what you see and what you what you consume. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right, and, and we I, I think it's incumbent on us as individuals is is to self inoculate against you know seriously yeah, look I got I got to you know self inoculate against this negative messaging because and I and and you know so I you know I, I would add to raise advice is surround yourself with friends and family that think the same way. Yes, right. Because um, it is that. I'm, I'm well, big we, we talked earlier yeah. a little bit. You know, Calgary. There's a bit of a group think, and even one of the, the experiences I've had doing this podcast is talking to people and really hearing about all the pockets of positive change yes. and different thinking and different industries and global perspective that is just really going on, yeah. underpinning this whole you know negative you know people and oil and gas story that's yeah. been prevalent for the last five years. Yeah, mm. and, and in the oil and gas industry, there's some, some like through CDL, I've had the privilege of working with people with amazing energy startup ideas, and some of them are directly right. involved in oil and gas because, of course, we still need oil to move our economy. That still is going to be a fundamental aspect. Absolutely fundamental. And, and we should be moving to a low-carbon footprint. And there's companies like Suncor doing amazing work. And unfortunately, the, the, uh, the, the narrative has been lost. And, and they you know, would probably admit that they weren't the best at working on that narrative. They came to the table. And the industry in itself hasn't helped. No. From a marketer's perspective, we've yeah. been done a very poor job of telling the story. Yes. We've let other we've let other outside forces tell our narrative for us. Right. right. And that yes. didn't do us any favors. Because I recognize the irony of people coming around uh, protesting uh, the oil sands, driving up and flying up there. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, okay, all right. We, uh, we, we, whether we, we, uh, we want to admit it or not, we're stuck with a fossil fuel powered economy for the next 15 to 20 years, minimum. Minimum. Right, minimum. And it'll probably be between 30 and 50 years. Yeah, the 30 to 50 is some of the numbers, or some of the, t- but again, we're, we're, we're blue, we're crystal balling the future. Crystal ball. Yeah. So, so, so here we are, what can we do in the next 10 years, right? And yeah, what can we do now to make that difference? Make difference. So and from it, a Calgary perspective, yeah. what are we, what are we, what are we getting right? Like, so, so you mentioned a lot of these people are out there doing good work. Ray DePaul, you know, at Mount Royal, you know, the Bissett School, right? And his students are amazing students coming out, and they do have this growth And they're mindset. coming out with a different mindset. Mindset, the, right? The, the flexible versus fixed mindset. Exactly. And it, it's little things like that. And, you know, in our public schooling, we have that going on, you know, to a certain extent. Uh, it's not about just the three R's, right? It's also more than that, right? Right. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of amazing people in this town, um, and and small. There's, and it's not just tech. It's like, like interesting small entrepreneurs. Like you know, there's a, there's a huge you know craft beer movement now. Yes, there is. Which, yes, we have a crazy so. number of craft breweries, right? Yep. And it's an, uh, people are looking at life a little differently, um, and maybe it's been you know the the, actually, the curse may be the blessing. Uh, we've got a chance to catch a breath here. It often is. And, right, and reevaluate. Well, hey, there's been a, we have a reason to change now. Yeah. We when do. things are going really well, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. But when things, you know, necessity is the mother of all. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, so we we look around and 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 people are saying, hey, um, you know, what's important to me, right? What's important to my family, my community, my friends? Uh, am I invested in this place? 
And, you know, uh, maybe the, maybe we shoot the tree a little bit and the people that were already not invested in Calgary, they've left because there's yep. no economic reason to be here. Okay. It's not good for our economy if that happens, but that's the reality. So the people here are here because they want to be here and they want the place to be better. And there's lots of people doing really great stuff around there. Because I mean, to, 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 to commit to real change, you need people that are committed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. If, if, if you're kind of wavering, you're going to bail. Yeah. You're going to get off the ship, if you will. So, so in my tech side community, you know, of course, there's Creative Instruction Lab. There's there's uh, there's there's Hunter Center at, at yes. UC. Yep. There's the Beset, Ray DePaul, and those guys. Uh, you know, um, there's there's uh, you know Startup Calgary. There's Platform Calgary, um, and and Tectera and other organizations around here. Uh, there's the A100. You know, and I, I, I I'm again I, I I probably name off dozens of small organizations, uh, medium sized organizations, all moving their pieces organically. Um, and and in, in, in that direction, right? But I think the the narrative outside we as a city, uh, so the city of Calgary, um, Calgary Economic Development, other agencies, uh, uh, I mean, there's a struggle to change the messaging, right? To change the narrative to, to, to the world. To the world, right? Absolutely. Because we're not going to solve this problem just looking inside of our own four walls. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it starts with the citizens, Right. Um, I, I, my, my ask is, let's talk about what we have and the things in the future. And you, everyone do a little homework and read about the future and, and research a little bit and get out of your echo chambers. Right. And you know, if you're if you're still railing about the past, maybe you should look into these other things. And maybe we have to accept, um, uh, you know, some change in our lives too. It's a difficult thing to ask of people, uh, but uh, it's it. You know, you have to decide personally that that's the reality that you believe in. And that's the interesting thing about reality. You actually have to believe in the reality because you can make reality distort, right? I would say we're experts at it. <laughs> very, human beings are very good at that, yes. right? So, um, and, and, and get away from the blame game, right? Um, as an entrepreneur, uh, one of the things that's interesting is you, you work without a net, right? So when you hit the pavement, well, you can't blame somebody for pulling a net away because you didn't ever have a net. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's so. always, yeah, if I run into a tree, it's, I was driving. I was so driving. I was, okay. I was at the wheel. Yeah, yeah the tree didn't move into my path, okay? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and I think, um, you know, blame and fear are negative emotions that are easy to flow into. And, and it, it takes, uh, you know, um, you know great self-reflection. And, it takes away responsibility. Yeah, it, it does, you know, yeah, and, and, that, and that's very dangerous. It's dangerous. And we're in that right now. Uh, that zeitgeist is too much in this province, right? I mean, okay. back to what the good things we have. And, I, and I, I'm not saying everyone's going to be an entrepreneur or that kind of thing. I'm not expecting that. But for each person to look at, you know, if you ask yourself, what have you done for self-improvement, right? What have you done to give back to your community? And, 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 and you know, what have you done to make our community as a whole better? It doesn't matter whether you're, you're volunteering at let's say a homeless shelter or uh, you're volunteering at a startup event. I'm back to the tragedy of the commons. That's, I've not heard that story. I like, you know, if we all take a little bit extra, what are we left with? But what yes. if we all give just a little, a little bit more? Bit. It doesn't take much. And right? that's business social, like right across the board. That, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. So, so when you look at Calgary from a, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of things that are positive. We need to, you know, everything we talked about, is there anything that you look for as metrics or is there any KPIs or is there any things like indicators, I guess, KPIs yeah, sound you know, almost too rigid. But. Yeah. Yeah. I know. we've, we talk about a lot. This said like yeah. uh, Terry rocket uh, platform. I'm the board chair there. Um, Brad Zumwalt, who's a, as he calls himself a community volunteers a lot more than that. Uh, and others, Dave Edmonds and others, in the 100, uh, 
lots of us talk about, hey, what are the right measures? Which should we be going towards? And what can we do? And 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 we realize that obviously, as as individuals, even in our small community, we can only move the needle so far. Right. So, uh, you know, we we've talked about. Well, I remember we looked at other jurisdictions, right? So, I I use uh, the Kitchener Water Region as Rada Paul says it's an interesting talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 they've had double whammy devastations. I mean, in, in the in the 90s, their industrial base disappeared, right? Their manufacturing jobs disappeared. Like downtown Kitchener was pretty well devastated. Um, so it was very much. Uh, it was actually, I think, in many ways, worse than the crisis the oil and gas industry in this town faced. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but when it, you read the history of Waterloo, it's been very interesting. On oh yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of how it got anchored and got yeah. successful, and then how it completely flopped. Yeah. And fastest growing jurisdiction in Canada to like the boom right. and bust. So it's a very interesting one as a parallel. Mm-hmm. It, it is. There's many, many uh, inspirations, lessons to be learned there. Um, and because when the manufacturing went away, but they. They started working on trying to leverage the university. And it was all through the university, correct? There was two, you know two, two gentlemen that kind of really Yeah, David Johnson, that. who was the yes. president of the school, um, and other sort of community volunteers and, you know, and, and people, uh, Tom Jenkins and Ian Clubman and others, and I, I don't know all the names and okay. I don't know the full story. But they, uh, the city, the mayors, whatnot, they came, came together and they put some plans together and they made the investment. You know, here we are fighting about a $60 million tax cut and this nonsense and cutting this, that. And then we, we can't get, seem to get our heads wrapped around as, as uh, around bigger things, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to call that out. Right? Okay. Uh, I don't have all the answers and I'm not, uh, uh, I know people work hard and they're sincere, but, but we, we need our shit together. Is that is that lack of leadership in your mind? Is that lack of like a common like a, a common tip of the spear to go? Hey, this is the direction we're going into. You know, to bring because all these initiatives that are disparaging, not disparaging, but sitting out here on their own. There's a degree of like even the name of this podcast collisions because I believe it, until you yeah. collide some of these things together, yeah. what do you see? Like, what, why is that not happening? We don't we don't have visionary leadership as much as we need it. Okay, right? we, we we have decent leadership. I think we have good people, well meaning, and they're competent and all those things, but. No one's created a narrative that we can get behind. That we can all rally right? behind. We can rally behind. That North Star rallying. Yeah, point. North Star, right? And, and, and uh, um, you know, our provincial governments seem to have not been able to do that. You know, time will tell with the new one that's coming yep. in. Uh, they er- have the opportunity. Relatively early days. I think early early days. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful maybe, you know, changes change, right? So who knows what change is going to bring. But when you look at Kitchener-Waterloo, they, they definitely had community members that put their shoulders behind it. And it was very altruistic. It was about us. And, and uh, you know, they, they, they got lucky with RIM and they got unlucky with RIM, right? Yeah, there's two sides to that coin and exactly. we all know that story. Yeah, we all know the story, right? So, but when, and when RIM going down was another existential crisis for them, right? And it, it was definitely economically the equivalent of downturn in the oil patch here. Right. Of Based impact. on the relevant of the size, the scope of that yeah. community. So yeah, if absolutely. you look at the community, let's say 300,000 people, we're let's say 1.4 million in the greater area. Right? Yep. And, and uh, you know, RIM went down to about 10,000 jobs, right? So five exits, 50,000 jobs, right? And, but what was interesting was the people, see, we're used to the boom bus cycle. And when the oil and gas industry has a downturn, people go, oh, it'll pick up in 10 months. Yeah, there was a, there was a trust, or that was oh, this this too shall pass. Exactly, prices will recover because they always do because demand is there and world economy is growing. Blah 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 blah. It didn't happen this time, and four years later, it's not going to happen. Right. We'll get some bumps and things like that, but 
you know, um, oil prices will stay low and it'll be a competitive environment, right? Very competitive environment for production, keeping production costs down. But people were waiting for that, hoping the jobs would come back, and, and, and it didn't. Well, I've read a couple articles that, you know, we were holding our breath. Yes, absolutely. And, and sooner or later, you run out of gas. You're getting very blue in the face, absolutely, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. And, and four years four later. Four years is a long time to hold your breath. Yes, and Waterloo, Kitchener-Waterloo, when RIM came out, there was no... It, the company died, basically crumbled, and they didn't die, but it crumbled. Well, there wasn't there wasn't else of that ingrained culture, like oh, this will come back. Yeah. Once it went down, everybody's it like, was okay, a, oh, this oh. is yeah, 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 it was yeah. a big uh oh moment. Yeah, and they rallied around that. And but interesting enough, from it's the advantage is you don't dilly dally in that situation. Well, <laughs> the boat the boat sunk. <laughs> we're, we're rowing for shore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not going to hang around and wait for it to come back up yeah, out of the water. Exactly. It, yeah, you, you, it's the, interesting. It is that the analogy is very apt, right? We, we, we got to get doing something. We we'll grab some wreckage and float ourselves over to this island, and we'll start. Working working on something, right? Because the boat's gone, right? It, it's not it's not coming back. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, you that's talk scary, about and that's hard to admit for a lot of, for a lot of people who have doubled, tripled down on that as a life as a as a complete life choice. Back yeah. to the ability to change and kind of, you know, what is it? If everyone around you is losing their heads, maybe because you haven't fully grasped the situation. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, an old yeah, quote of some kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Losing your head, you keep yours, right? Yeah, yeah, on your so shoulders, you, and yeah. it's hard to do that. But um, there, they they from that. Uh, downturn in, in RIM and the laid off people, a lot of startups sprung because people had, well, they were forced to take new jobs and take chances and people joined startups and, you know, took sweat equity or didn't get paid or got underpaid and a whole bunch Back of Back to the necessity motivator situation. Absolutely, because they knew there was, I mean, you knew in Ontario, there was, well, where else I got to go, I got to get work because RIM's not coming back. RIM is yeah. not going to be rehiring me in 18 months. So I need, to, I need to make my own future. Yes, I got I got to work on that and and get on get going. Is there a number around startups? You know, Jim Gibson I had on. He was my yeah. first guest. Oh, He's yeah. like thousand yeah. startups. It's an easy yeah. number to throw out there because yeah. you take yeah. ten thousand ideas to a thousand startups to how many and then hopefully one unicorn. At, you know, at the end. that's that's roughly the funnel. Right? Okay, it yeah. is a numbers. Back I've heard it's come up a couple times. It, and and most of us live. And I heard now we're only at a couple couple hundred two twenty five two fifty is kind of the number. We're only twenty twenty five percent of that. You argue, uh, yeah, it's somewhere between one hundred fifty and three hundred. Okay. Uh, innovation, I'll call them innovation-oriented startups, right? So, okay. So you, do, you don't take uh, companies like um, uh, that are that are like restaurant chains and whatnot. So yes, okay. Think, things so, that have the potential for that exponential up. Yeah. So... Uh, and that's not taking into consideration any larger companies that are doing innovative things. That's specifically right. the startup community. Yeah. So so if we look at... at uh, uh, like, so we look at uh, Waterloo as... as, as stocking horse to look at and saying, okay, they're one-fifth our size economically in terms of population base and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what do they have going on there? They have probably over a 1,000 active startups, at least in the region. And this is what we got to get better at is collecting metrics. I know Platform's got a project to do a better yes. job. Yeah, Terry, Terry and I talked about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so uh, you say, well, then by all measures, we should have 5,000 active innovation-oriented startups. It just shows such a different culture, a different mindset. <laughs> But see, they didn't have that 20 years ago either. Right. So Yes, that's a, that's a very good point. Journey of a thousand leagues starts with the first step. We got to take that first step. We are taking the steps. We just need more people to join us taking steps. Yes, right? there, this movement is happening. So yeah, like back is. to the positive side yeah. of this, like what's going well, yeah. there is happening. We just need to turn up the volume. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, I mean, Brad Zumwalt supported the Rainforest Movement to get that moving as well. Yeah. We were having Lunch Without Lunch and other events to get people's attention uh, get them to understand this, this this ecosystem and encourage them to come this way. But it is hard, right? I mean, uh, fear of change, the investment, the sun capital, personal fallacy is still there. Like, I, yes, I, and it's tough. I mean, I can't promise a brighter economic future. None of us can going into this economy either. It's highly competitive. 
we're going into other jurisdictions around the world to you know to to spawn these kind of companies or attract these companies and keep them and grow them. But we have these advantages we talked about earlier. Right. We, we have a large. We're start. Capital. We're starting from a solid platform. Solid. Mm-hmm. Pl- we also have. I, I, I can't miss. We have a solid pool of capital here that was deployed at oil and gas. Yes. And much of that capital sitting on the sidelines, not knowing where to go. You still need the fuel for the fire, and and and, and funding is that fuel. Yeah. yeah. So so we have so. And many people like yourself, again, there is an active community out here that wants to help. Yes. You know, like that wants and, to and, participate. And and many of us, you know, we, we want to help. We are participating. We're we're uh, we need more people to come on. And you know we we we, we need people's uh, attention turned towards the, the, you know this, this growing this growing the movement growing the mindset right um, and and we definitely uh, we can't turn the clock back we have to as a community understand that that it's a fundamental shift that's occurred and we really need to live that mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know laying blame you know uh, pipeline battles access battles regulatory battles. This still will be played out. Um, These are still factors, but to put all of your thoughts into that one thing, I, yeah, energy, no, I, I hear yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, we need all. We need everybody moving in the forward direction. It's not saying that those aren't important anymore, but yeah. it can't be. We can't rely on it as the one trick pony. Yeah, there is going to be no miracle. There's right. No. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a good. Re- that's a reality. Yeah. Mm. So the Deus Machina, right? The hand of God coming down at the last second and rescuing isn't going to happen. This is not a Spielberg movie. <laughs> right. T-Rex is not going to def- come out and snatch the raptor boom no. where did he come from yeah right. and, and, and then the Hollywood arc finishes and everybody lives happily ever after yeah it, it's an unknown future and um, but you know we have this information we have this resource base we have this talent pool uh, you know we have all these things working in our favor and we have an existing group of entrepreneurs and companies and amazing companies running around this town it's not big enough per capita and that's what we have to multiply Right. So, so based on all the resources that we have, based on the size of our just population base, that's where the numbers are. We're lacking. Yeah, we should have ten thousand. Well, to hear a three hundred thousand population like Waterloo to have a thousand startups, and we have two hundred. That's it's backwards. But, but the only thing that can be boiled down to is mindset. It, it is into thinking. It's 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 mindset, community support, right, and mindset of their leadership. Okay. And and maybe our leadership needs. I, it's a tough sell. Right, because uh, a we're bigger, which is our curse. Because you know, I mean, it's harder to move something that much much bigger. Yep. They were smaller. It's hard but to get the ship to, to pivot. Pivot, yeah. but on the flip side, they they were so small. It's like who gives care? Like Waterloo, that's a weird little place. Like you know, why would I? Why would you be a tech center? Yes. What's different between Kitchener, Waterloo, and towns down the road like Cambridge, which is part of this now, but uh, or or, or right. uh, Woodstock, or, or any of these other smaller Ontario towns, right? And they're all. It's just that we, they went all in. <laughs> they went all in early. And the yeah. university was a huge part of it, and we yes. have those assets. We again, U of C, U of A up the road. We have uh, we have amazing AI talent up there, right? So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. When we talk about things to measure, there's tangibles, but so much of what you're talking about now, they're intangible to the second they're not. Yeah, you know, and, and looking at well, it's it's only a thousand startup. There's so many little steps in between the changing of our mindset and ending up with a number like yeah. like that. Yeah. And then, and when, so out of those thousand start, startups, what, what, what the, how, where does it fall? Well, you know, I mean, if, if we go down the funnel, <laughs> yeah, we go down the funnel. So, you know, if you start with a thousand, you know, I mean, those are just ideas, and there's there, there are people in their garage, in their basements, in the coffee shops, and they haven't. Uh, maybe they made a minor commitment to build on that, and they they need to, you know, cross that threshold and say, I'm I'm in, right? So that essentially means quitting your day job, which is a huge yes shift, right? Yes, and, and there's being entrepreneurial, and then there's being an entrepreneur, <laughs> right? And 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 there's those people that that do that, but there's also people who join them who have to quit their day jobs. Yes, 
right? And um, yeah, as entrepreneurs, we look silly by ourselves. By the way, it's a team sport. Totally, it is, a team absolutely. Sport. The is. mythology is ridiculous that it's it's one person. It's always it's always a group. There's always a group of founders, and and then again, back to your Hollywood. We love to romanticize the yeah. the single figurehead that did yeah, it all. It's just not how it works. Not, and uh, and by myself, you know, I had my other co-founders. I had my senior staff that joined me in early in the, in the company, and 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 so forth. Um, uh, we, we but being able to put that team together early—that's a critical. That's a critical that's aspect critical. of these successes. And this is why Waterloo or Silicon Valley and all the Toronto, Vancouver—you know—these communities that have a decent, you know, start, great startup activity—they have that community. So you can find those people. Yes, it's networking, access to resources, yeah, access to resources, year to the ground, and I, you know, the yeah. human capital and the and the and the experience yeah. and what you're going to get from bringing those people together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. Human capital is where, where it's all it's all about. Is that and how do you access that? How do you grow it? Right? How do you make people say, you know what, I'm going to commit to this because I see a future in it. And that's right. And back to that narrative, because you want to pull people even from outside of Calgary here, yeah. but there's got to be, you know, a, a narrative around like, okay, if this doesn't work, where am I going? Where am and, I going to go that next? That's one of our challenges. Okay. So, yes. so I've heard that from a few guests. Yes. Yeah. So I, I just graduated from, uh, you know, uh, got a comp sci degree and, and, and I'm specialized in some, you know, uh, some interesting machine learning stuff. Wow, there's six companies in Toronto that gave me offers already. Right. And, and you know, if things don't go well at those companies, I can move to the next company right next door. And da, 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 da. There's, there's like literally hundreds of companies working in the machine learning space over there. We got dozens here, maybe, if that. Right. right? So it's like, what's going on here? Right. Mm, I got to pull up stakes. And... That's scary. I was talking to Terry, and both of his sons are moving to Montreal. Because one, they want lifestyle. They want, you know, so when you lose your, especially, and I get it, some people got, you got to go away and, you know, spread your wings and then hopefully come back. But we need a good story to come back to because it used to be, you came here for the oil and gas story. Yes, you did. And, yeah. and we need, again, we need to create a new story, right? Yeah, so. no, the narrative is, is, is so powerful. So fast forward, it's down the road. We've, we've arrived. Things are, things I'm going to say, quote unquote, better improved, better say. What does that look like? What, what, would, what would be some of those things that you would look around and see to go, wow, yeah. you know, all that hard work is paid off. We're now different. Yeah, so 10 years from now, let's just say, because that's a regional timeline in my yep. mind, because you can't do it in two or three. Right? But in 10 years, you can still kind of picture it. I definitely could. Beyond that, it gets a bit abstract. Very too abstract, right? And, and unfortunately, it falls outside of our political cycles, right? Yes, it does, which is a whole other factor. A whole other factor. Uh, nevertheless, uh, in 10 years, you know, we, we should have a thriving, uh, I'll call it innovation because it's not just tech and it's in software tech or hardware tech. I appreciate because the word innovation isn't isn't completely exclusive to the technology space. Exactly, because there could be, you know, we've got some amazing people over at, you know, at the UFC and, 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 and our various hospital EHS doing amazing medical-related activities, which wouldn't be considered tech in the software tech side. Right. Right? So, uh, or in the egg space, right? Um, and Nutrium and, and, and Bayer Crop Sciences you know, and, and other companies doing innovative things. So, innovation-oriented companies okay we should have let's say you know many of us are aiming at 10,000 of them we should be able to get to 10,000 active and we use the word growth stage companies okay so they've kind in of 10 got, years in yeah, 10 years if we work at that's a, a real number that's an inspiring number yeah it's inspiring and it's possible if you do the again you do sort of the rough uh, comparatives other jurisdictions have done it with less why can't we right what's stopping us well it's mindset it's it's making that commitment and and do we believe we need to do we don't have the urgency our ship hasn't sunk, 
right? It and feels it, like it's definitely taking on water. <laughs> it's, take, it's taking on water, in fact, right? So, and, 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 and uh, you know, we're lucky we are shipped out. I'm not, I'm not praying that our you know, ship Yeah, no, sinks, I, I right? appreciate what you, but, but, but how do we light the, how do we get that spark yeah, so, when we don't have the, like moving yeah. away from or towards, all those moving concepts. To, yeah, moving towards or, 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 again, the dirty word, diversifying. Yes. You know, oil and gas, I guess, in 10 years will still be a healthy, large industry. It'll probably, see, the crazy part is oil and gas in 2019 is way bigger than oil and gas in this town was in 2000. Probably double. I mean, someone's going to hammer yeah, me but yet that. it's but yet it's doom and gloom. But it's doom and gloom. It's which is crazy, right? Like you think about our production volumes, the economic activity, economic activity, it's double. It's and interesting. It's doom and gloom. And think about that perspective, right? So in ten years, unfortunately, it's probably going to be the same. My guess, my guess, and, and I'm not an economist, but let's say in 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 2020, 10, uh, 2029 will be probably at the same place. Inflation adjusted in terms of level of economic activity, revenues, blah 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 blah. Okay. But so still a substantial contributor to will. the economic wheel. Yeah, but good economies need to go forward. It has they have to grow for for various. But imagine how exciting it is so we can bolt a whole bunch of other things all around yes, that, and it becomes a right. piece of the pie, not the pie. So so how could that be bad? <laughs> how could that be bad? Right. So we think ten thousand growth stage companies active is going to be about ten billion dollars of economic activity annually. Roughly, you know, it's okay, nice in ten years. Ten years, right? And and it'll probably employ you know anywhere between you know eight thousand, twelve thousand, ten thousand people. So another now is around number ten thousand people. Okay, um, and all very high skilled, uh, you know, good jobs that people you know can get behind, right? Yes, jobs. With These are career oriented, highly yeah, technical, technical requirements, jobs, right? So, so uh, it's it's not going to solve and a lot of transferable. So you yeah. you're not just tied into one the one player. You can move yeah, around. Can move you have around. mobility yes. in your in your career, we, and we have which a, is important. And we call it, we have a thriving self reliant. Uh, self-contained ecosystem that it's that it's that wheels spun over now it, it'll thrive on its own it'll grow on its own and the crazy part about all this is if like we we have to ante up is probably the best way we need to ante up to see those cards right yes right um you gotta pay to see them you gotta pay to uh, see yes, them you, you do. Gotta pay yeah. to see them it's if you good. have a poker player you get that and yeah. we, we need to pay we, we don't seem to want to understand or get our head around paying at every level at the private sector level, at the government. Well, if I can level. see them without paying, I'd like that. But there's only you can only ride that so long, right. and you're going to get you're off the table. And 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 maybe we'll get a full house. Yeah. And you know, a full house in this situation, you know, uh, I think three of a kind or uh, is going to be or, or or two pair is going to be those ten thousand companies. Okay. Full house will be twenty thousand companies or thirty thousand companies or maybe it's not thirty thousand companies, but it's ten thousand companies, but like twenty unicorns. Twenty billion dollars. Right. Plus yeah. There's so many different ways to come at that number. Yeah. Exactly. So. And 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 it, it is it is a portfolio game, right? I mean, yes, in order is. to get, we don't we need a company. Maybe we'll get lucky, very lucky, if we got a Google here. Like that's 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 a pipe dream, but it's possible. You can't get that, right? That that that's uh, that that. But that's a possibility. But if we have. But we're sitting right now at this what is possible phase. Yes, we are, and, and we've had. Great outcomes in the past. We've had, you know, Benevity is a success story. Yes, Stolium, it is. Right? Autobotics now is coming up the curve. Uh, there's many of us who've had our own companies. Where mm-hmm. I don't want to rest on past glories. It's like, of course, of course. Stanley Cups that you won 20 years ago. Who cares, right? <laughs> so that was As long as you use those as a jump off point for the next thing, it's the okay. Thing we can, if we, you we, dwell in it, that's a different thing. That's an, exactly, that's right? Past thing. glories or something else. It's uh, high school reunion time, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, the, rom- the good old days, the good quote old days, unquote. Exactly. So, but moving forward, uh, if we had that level of activity, we're going to have unicorns. The numbers always work out. Yes, Those unicorns. Are back to the num- back to the numbers game we referenced yeah, earlier. Yeah, they'll be the anchors for the next burst of growth. It tends to be a virtuous cycle upwards, 
and, and, and as opposed to a death spiral, right? Well, success begets success, and there, there is, you know, that up there, that, that momentum of that, that energy and that pull. Yeah. Once the wind starts blowing in that direction, it's easier to hook your kite to it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and we have all this great base. I, I didn't bring up geography. Mm -hmm. The mountains are like 100 kilometers away. I got this great playground. We have, we have a good, unspoiled environment, generally speaking, right? Better again. Yeah, back to your lifestyle about the, with the community that we live in and the lifestyle that facilitates. Clean air, clean water. People travel all over the world to go to our backyard. Exactly. Literally. And we take it for granted. When you go to Banff, we go, oh, yeah, 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 Banff. I went to Banff. And we yeah. said, oh my God, are we ever jaded? Yes. But hey, you, can nor you, no you normalize things almost too much. Yeah, like too much, <laughs> right? We expect and it becomes criteria. But for sure, you're right. If you look at all the advantages beyond, you know, you build an economic base here where people feel they have mobility in their career. And oh, by the way, you want to go snowboarding to so some of the best hills in the world? It's an hour and a half away. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you want to get skiing, to hiking. dryer powder, you go into interior BC, yep. three hours away, right? So you're right. Very fortunate. Right. We're very fortunate. But all yeah. that's part of the narrative. It is. It is. When you yeah. look at the people that we want to bring in and they're looking for a broader lifestyle, they're not yeah. looking to work 80 hour weeks, they want to play. They want to live. They well, want to live I mean, and, and the world is going to change, right? I mean, I mean, there's you know, obviously with automation and things, no one really knows we're into really uncharted territory. Right? Yes. So universal, universal basic income kind of conversations come up, and Perchetti talking about you know, uh, you know, concentration of capital and all the all the dangers that are out there. They're real, right? Um, but but I think you know the, the un central to I think a thriving, healthy, free society is a healthy, uh, thriving middle class. Absolutely, and and well, we, you look around the world, you can see lots of examples of that. Mm. Yes, yes, and 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 I think we need to protect that. We need to find ways to 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 continue uh, the growth and the and the vitality of our of our middle class, right? And and we need to understand, like it's back to the you know, it is we we have to have a half full narrative. We 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 got to stay away from that. I mean, it's 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 too easy to go there. I don't want to like be a Pollyanna, you know, sunshine and roses on the other side. It's not. Uh, yeah, there's a difference between being being like that, yeah. being realistic, and then just being overly ne uh, overly negative. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there it is. Those are all subjective terms. In subjective the, as terms, themselves. but but we, we we would start it in motion. I mean, you know, it it, it would start with if, if you look at like I said, Toronto made similar investments. Uh, I still remember when they built Mars out, and and it was a bit of mm -hmm. a you know real estate debacle and the costs and all the stuff. But in the end, it paid off. Well, you know, Montreal, some of the changes yeah, they've made Montreal's around, they've doubled down on, they went all in on AI. AI, exactly. I mean, you they, know, someone who grew up in Montreal that just couldn't really get it going. And now to hear some of the things that are happening there, like, it's it, exciting. It's, it's very exciting. Mila Institute over there. Uh, the, and I love Montreal, but if Quebec can get out of its own way, yeah, I'm, exactly. not gonna, I'm not going to get jumped you know, on for that. Then we, we, about then that we have no excuse. Yeah, exactly. Montreal can get out of its way. And you know what? In, in many ways, that's a very apt uh, term because we have to get out of our own way, too. 100%. Right? Because um, arguably right now, the only one, the only people holding us back are us. It is. It is absolutely. I think that's a truism. Absolutely. Because right? there's this victim narrative, like it is, serves no one. Yeah. Mm. And I find it somewhat ironic that a province that prided itself on being entrepreneurial and go get it is, is taking on a victim narrative, right? Um, that so, is, I guess, part yeah. of what I fell in love with this province is, yeah. was it's entrepreneurial, the, the we can all be successful together mindset that uh, that I found when I came here that I didn't, I moved away from not having that. I moved here, I'm like, wow, this is a, this is a different world. Yeah. That's why I, I stayed. I, you know, I, I came here too, I'm a transplant too. I mean, I, I, I grew up in, you know, I lived in Saskatoon. I was born in Kingston, lived in Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Toronto, um, and then came out here for school, right, university. And, and I got used to that too. And I'm, it's I'm easy to fall in love with it. It's easy because because you know we had opportunity here and there was always yeah. you know, but somehow this last four years is you know it's it's been it's it's a real test. Well, we're, we're, our metal's being tested. <laughs> Absolutely, and and 
I think uh, it's incumbent on each other individuals to to support each other and and but but get the dialogue moving in, in a different direction, right? And be supportive of these things and not negative. And it's not us versus them kind of a thing. If you're not with no, us, no, we're we're in it together. We're in it together, right? And and uh, like I said, the future is very bright for us if we take that approach, right? I, I, I shudder to think if we went down the other track, right? Because I definitely don't believe that we're going to be able to turn the clock back, right? It's not going to be the same economy. It's not going to be the same, you know, drivers. It's it's, it's going to be a different world. And if we believe that, we're betting wrong. And the argument is that it could be just better. Like, yeah. let's not forget that there is an option that there's a better version ahead that, that has all players in, included. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation because that was the impetus really for this podcast is come on like let's get some let's get some different rhetoric out there it's all rhetoric yeah, let's just is. shift it in the direction that we think what well, I believe will set a foundation for you know a brighter and better future in a in a you know a, a town or province that you know we're here because we love it yeah because you can go anywhere we're highly mobile we live in a great we're in a great country I choose to stay here so let's make it awesome yeah I I, I oh thank you for doing this I mean it's amazing that uh, to have this uh, podcast series going and. And, and inviting uh, people with these diverse voices and opinions, right, in the narrative. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. Hey, last uh, last but not least, if someone wants to get a hold of you or reach out, what's the best way to, to get in touch? Uh, you know what? You can hit me through LinkedIn. Okay. I always respond. Don't, don't expect a 24-hour response, but... But you will, but you will get it. Yeah, it's not lost. I will get it. It's not lost. Or, or look me up at Platform. I do a lot of work with Platform. Um, and I encourage you to come down and see Platform Calgary. We're building a new innovation center um, down there on... Uh, Ninth Avenue, which will be opening up in a year and a half, and that'll be part of one of the small pieces moving us in the right direction. Well, I had Terry on. Ter- I think Terry, went, in the order that we're going to release these, Terry is going to be two two episodes, so everyone would have already heard Terry. Oh, there you go. Then I had Daenerys Zampini on yesterday, so she had some interesting views, and then you today. So the platform story is being weaved through this whole Perfect. this whole podcast series. One of the I'm really excited about it, and Terry really gave me the nuts and bolts of it, and I got really motivated, and almost smiled at the fact that like literally the mandate for that organization, it's different iterations, hasn't really changed since 1981. No. The need to diversify, like, yeah, okay, what, it's time, old, it's time. Old, exactly, what's old is new again. It's right? totally, yeah, it's not exotic, and, it's been and, around. And change is the constant. Yes, 100%. Evan, thanks so much for your time, I'll let you get on with your day, thank you, sir. Right.